You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning, everyone. Hello to everybody at home as well. It's great that you're able to join us here this morning. A pretty full hall, actually, this morning, even though it's the start of the holidays. Great to see you all. My name is Sean. I'm one of the members of the Crossroads teaching team. And we, as members of the Crossroads teaching team, we fill in for Pastor Paul every now and again when he is on holiday, or like now, he's actually on sabbatical. Rest well, Paul. We look forward to seeing you when you come back. I'm, I'm really happy to be able to share with you here this morning, but I also, I know how important this moment is in my week, how important a moment it is for me to cast aside all those worries, all those things that cause me to feel burdened in my week. So Lord Jesus, speak through me, I pray this morning. So friends, last Sunday, Pastor Paul wrapped up for us the series on prayer. It was a five-week series. I'm sure you loved it. I certainly did. Paul looked at us at the power of prayer. He taught us how and when and where to pray. We looked at the lives of Elijah, the Apostle Paul, Jesus, Moses. And through that, we learned how Through prayer, we give expression to that most important of commandments, to love the Lord our God with all our hearts and minds and soul. We do that through prayer. It was an incredible series. Thank you, Paul, for unlocking that for us these last five weeks. So now we're in a next three-week block, as it were, where we as the teaching team have been given the chance to, to bridge between that period of talking about prayer and, and going to August, our missions month here at Crossroads. If you've been around here for a while, you'll know we always talk about missions in the month of August. And we as a preaching team We've been given a bit of a challenge, actually. Go and speak about any topic that is in your heart. You think that is easy, but it's actually really difficult. Um, But you see, I had some inspiration. I gave a sermon here about eight weeks ago speaking about relational health and loneliness. And friends, more than any other sermon I've ever given, you guys came to me afterwards and you said, we need to be talking more about this. We see this loneliness all around us in our own lives. We see it in the lives of the people around us. And we as a community, we as individuals, we need to do more to address that. So actually, when I thought I had this opportunity, I thought, great, I can pick it up again. I can talk about it again, and that's what we are going to do here today. It's up on the screen. There we go. Loneliness. Before I dive in, though, I want to say this. Friends, 
loneliness is not easy. There is no quick fix for loneliness. When we find ourselves in a phase, in a period of loneliness, I think we find ourselves in a valley, a valley of darkness that can weigh heavy on us. And so when we talk about loneliness, when we talk about facing the challenge of loneliness in our lives, in the lives of the people around us, we are talking about a journey, a journey that we take step by step forward out of the valley of loneliness. And we are also talking about when we find ourselves in that valley, how do we cope? How do we cope when we are there? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. The other thing I want to do for us today is I want to bring in a sort of mix of what does the science tell us? I've been doing some reading for you these last few weeks. What does the science tell us? And how does that relate to what Scripture tells us? Because when we do that, we again discover how how the Bible is not just some ancient text that tells us about the lives of people that lived 2,000 or more years ago. Scripture is the living Word of God that is relevant for us, that contains answers for us, for the problems, for the loneliness that we face in our lives today. So those were the two things I wanted to say to us up front as we start talking about loneliness. So what is loneliness? I've got a slide here for us. There it is. What is loneliness? Loneliness is the perceived difference between what we want or desire from our that's this side, from what we want or desire from our social interactions and our relationships, that's the one side. And on the other side, it's the difference between that and what we actually experience from our social interactions and relationships. It's the difference between our expectation and our experience. And when we look at loneliness from those two perspectives, we discover that actually what we're talking about is that gap in between. And when we understand that, we come to realize that there are actually three dimensions, three variables, and they're up there on the screen that we can work on. We can work on the expectation. What is it? How is it that I've come to form my hopes, my desires, my wants? What have I allowed to influence those wants and desires? That's the one dimension. The other dimension is, how do I experience the reality of my social interactions and my relationships in my life, that's the second. And the third is that gap in between. What do I do about that gap in between? What is my perception? What is my experience of my, of my loneliness gap? The difference between my expectation and my experience. And how can I learn to cope with that? So that is what we are going to talk about here today. All three of those dimensions. We're going to start with the expectation. When we start talking about the expectation, I want to repeat something I said eight weeks ago. If you're sitting here, if you're watching at home and you're experiencing feelings 
of loneliness, then please hear me, you are not alone in feeling those feelings. You are not alone in experiencing feelings of loneliness. Research tells us that it is everywhere in society and it is being driven forward in a negative sense by this thing that I discussed eight weeks ago, hyper-individualism, you'll remember it. The fact that we as a society have turned inwards, we have become focused on ourselves, my needs, my desires, my freedoms. And that has stood, that has come to stand in the way of your needs, your desires, your freedoms. And in a sense, it has started blocking our relationships. The irony, the irony is that our hyper-pursuit of me, me, me has caused not only you to suffer loneliness, it has caused me to suffer loneliness also. Hyper-individualism, in a sense, is the opposite of relationship. And why do I start there? I start there because when we experience feelings of loneliness, I think we turn the spotlight onto ourselves. A bit like this spotlight is shining in my eyes right now. We turn the spotlight onto ourselves. We ask, what's wrong with me? Why am I different? Why is it my fault? We look at social media. We look at people around us having fun, laughing, appearing not to be lonely. And we think there's something wrong with me. I want to say two things about that. The first is this. Can we please stop experiencing life and judging ourselves through the deceptive lens of social media? I've got teenagers in home, and I'm talking to them also. Can we please stop experiencing life through the lens of social media? We know this saying, a picture can tell a thousand words, right? A photo can tell a thousand words. But you know what else? A photo doesn't tell the full story either. Why? What's one of the first things we tell our young kids when they're old enough to understand? We put a phone in their faces or a camera in their faces and we say, cheese, smile for the camera. And when they're two years old, when the answer to every question is no, we say, oh, come on, sweetie. We plead, we beg, we coerce. Smile for the camera so that we can send a happy photo to granny and grandpa. Right? We teach our kids from the very youngest age that they need to hide behind a happy face. We teach them about the facade of a happy face. And Scripture talks to us about this. Scripture talks to us about social media. It's true. John 7, verse 24. Stop judging by mere appearances. Or as another translation puts it, look beneath the surface so that you can judge correctly. You see, friends, I think Scripture is telling us when we look at this expectation side of our loneliness equation, 
then we need to look below the surface. We need to not just look at the appearances. In fact, we probably shouldn't be looking at other people at all. We need to judge for ourselves where to set our hopes and our desires and our expectations. And the second thing I want to say, as we think about where we set our expectations, ask yourself this. What role has envy played in where you set your expectations? Do we want what they have because they appear to have it? We all know what the Bible says about envy. Not only that you shouldn't. I love this. Proverbs 30 verse 14. Envy makes the bones rot. Envy makes the bones rot. And when we think about the negative consequences that loneliness causes in our life, then we need to challenge ourselves. We need to challenge ourselves when we set our expectation of the level of social interaction and relationship that we have in our life. Is there a way that I can readjust that level of expectation? Bring it back to reality. Don't judge what we see on the faces in the lives of other people. Take it from here. Bring it to here so that we can help close the gap. That's the first dimension that I want to talk to us about. The second dimension is the experience, the reality of my relationships. I want to look a little bit at what some of the science tells us. Anybody here heard of blue zones? Any hands? Great, a few, not many. Let me tell you what blue zones are. <coughs> They've done research at the longevity of people, and they have discovered that across the world there are five zones, five areas, five communities, where the people that live in those communities have exceptional longevity. There are more centenarians, people that live to a hundred, in those communities than in any other place in the world. There are five of them, and they've called them blue zones. And what they've gone and done is they've gone and done research and asked themselves the question, why? What is it about these blue zones that cause people to live so long? And when we think about that in the context of loneliness, which has a negative effect on our longevity. There is science that shows it causes us to live less long. Then maybe we can find some answers. And the beauty of it is we find answers not only in science. In fact, we find answers in the Word of God. You see, in this space, in these answers that these scientists have discovered, we find the truth, the real truth. I'm going to look at two for us. The first one is this. This is what the science tells us. Having a place to belong. And you know how they describe that? All but five of the 263 centenarians we interviewed belonged to a faith-based community. Research shows that attending church Four, sorry, four times a month adds 
4 to 14 years to your life. I kid you not. You might remember in January we spoke about Mythbusters, and one of the myths we spoke about was coming to church. Do I need to come to church to be a Christian? And we looked at this passage from Hebrews that said, don't stop meeting together. Instead, encourage one another so that we can persevere in our faith. Friends, the blue, the blue zone research gives us more evidence. Coming to church is good for our health. It makes us live longer. Why? Because we feel loved. We feel like we belong. We feel embraced. And friends, for us as a community, this is where the practical side of what we can do about it meets us. This is where the rubber hits the road, as the saying goes. We are called to love our neighbor. We are called to embrace one another. And by the way, there is no qualification that says love your neighbor, but only if you are not sinful, only if you are not broken, only if you are not different to me. There is no such qualification. So in our behaviors, we are called not to reject, not to ignore, not even to judge. We are called to embrace so that we can help people address the loneliness in their lives. Friends, the Blue Zone research is telling us I love that term, the Blue Zone Research. The Blue Zone Research is telling us, if you feel lonely, come to church. If you feel lonely, get involved. Join a life group. Volunteer. The research actually says, and Johan's going to love me for this, <laughs> the research actually tells us volunteering is one of the most powerful antidotes to combat loneliness. Get involved. That's how we move. I keep being on the wrong side of the equation. That's how we move the dial from year to year so that we can close the gap. And for those of you sitting here, for those of you that are not in that unfortunate position of experiencing loneliness right now, I would almost say yet, because it will come. It happens. Remember, we are called to love. We are called to embrace. We are called to be an anchor of connection for the people in our community so that we can help them move this side of the equation from here back towards there and help them close the gap. That's the first thing that the research tells us. And the second thing, and they call it being in the right tribe, deals with the issue of relationship. One of the things they say, they talk about people in Okinawa in Japan. That's one of the blue zones. They say they've created things called Maui's, Maui's, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. They are groups of five friends that are committed to each other for life. Remember what we spoke about here 
eight weeks ago, we spoke about relational health. And we spoke about being devoted to one another, nurturing those relationships. We spoke about bearing with each other and forgiving one another. And we spoke about going into those relationships for the sake of the other. I suggest to you that if you're going to be part of a relationship that is committed to each other for life, you won't be able to do that. If that's not your mindset, one of devotion, one of forgiveness, and one of selflessness, if that's not your mindset, there is no way that you'll be committed to each other for life. So that's what, what this research again is telling us. It is confirming to us the biblical truths that we've discussed here before. Healthy relationship makes us live longer. Literally. That is what I want to say about the experience side of the equation. And then the last one, that gap in the middle. That's the hard one because we've done the right stuff here. We've done the right stuff here. And still, there is this gap. And we know that this gap is bad for us. It causes anxiety. It causes Stress, it causes increased risk of severe medical condition. That's quite literally what loneliness does to us. And yet, we are confronted, to us. We are confronted with it. Again, we turn to Scripture. Psalm 23, you all know it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of darkness... I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That psalm, all of Scripture, tells us there should be no place for fear or anxiety in our lives. Don't let it get a foothold in your life. Why? 1 Corinthians 10. All you need to remember is that God will never let you down. He will never let you be pushed past your limit. He will always be there and He will always come through for you. We know we find rest in God. So that is how we need to face up to this loneliness gap that continues there in that space in the middle. And not only that, and I turn back to my blue zone research, one other thing. They talk about the downshift. Even people in the blue zones experience stress. But what the world's longest living people have that we don't are routines to shed that stress. And when they unpack that for us, you know what, what, is the, what, what is one of the key features of what they discovered? One of the key solutions? Prayer. Prayer. That is the time when we disconnect again from the anxieties, from the fear, from the depression, and we go and connect with our God because being in relationship is not only being in relationship with each other, right? It is also being in relationship with my Heavenly Father. And in that way, 
And now I complete the circle. We mark the circle here rond. I come back to what Paul was teaching us last week. Were you here? Did you hear that sermon? Paul spoke to us about the Apostle Paul and his formula for life. His formula for prayer. Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, also in loneliness, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds. Paul explained this to us last week. You see, the Apostle Paul, even though he found himself for three years in prison, awaiting his execution, he had this unshakable trust. He had this unshakable trust that in all situations, yes, also in prison, God comes through, God makes good for those that love Him. And because Paul had this unshakable trust, he was able to live in thanksgiving. He was able to be thankful for every situation in which he found himself because he knew that God was going to use that situation for good. And boy, did he ever. The Apostle Paul wrote just about half of the New Testament sitting there in prison, facing the pain, the discomfort, and probably the loneliness. Paul knew this about life. He knew that with this unshakable trust and with the spirit of thanksgiving, he would experience that third element, that third crucial part of the formula, and that is peace, God's peace that transforms, that transcends all understanding and God's our hearts, our physical bodies, and our minds. That's what God's peace does for us. And when we think about that in the context of loneliness, when we think about that in the context of this gap that exists between our expectations and our experience, then despite that, we can have peace. So ask yourself, why am I here? How can I discover God's peace despite the fact that I find myself in loneliness? Friends, those are the three parts of the puzzle of loneliness that I wanted to talk to us about. The expectation, the experience, and the gap that sits in between for us. I want to say what I said in the beginning as well. I want to repeat myself. Loneliness is not easy. Loneliness is a journey that we take step for step as we try and come out of that valley of darkness. But church, this place here can be for all of us 
even when we experience loneliness, maybe especially when we experience loneliness, an anchor of connection. So if you are experiencing loneliness, don't avoid coming to church. In fact, make a point of coming to church. And if you are sitting here, and if you are lucky enough not to be experiencing loneliness, remember our role in it. I'm going to do something. I'm going to walk down. Can the lights follow me? Okay. Remember that if we are lucky enough not to be experiencing loneliness, that it is our job to take hands. Okay? It is our job to take hands with the people around us. It is our job to love. It is our job to embrace them. Because together, is this awkward? Together, we can be an anchor of connection. Together, we can be a place that someone that is lonely can belong. A new expat family in our community, a new refugee family in our community, somebody that is different from us, a young person that has just left school, that is wondering, how do I fit in? How do I connect? How do I find a place? Okay, I'll let you go. <laughs> Church, we need to be an anchor of connection for those people around us in our community and in our lives. It's not only our responsibility, it is an amazing opportunity. You want to know how to reach people? Reach them through the loneliness that's in their hearts. Give them. <laughs> Give them a place to connect. So as I go into my summer, I'll go back up. As I go into my summer, and my challenge to you is the same, ask yourself that question. How can I apply the theory of what we have been talking about, and how can I actually give it practical hands and feet? How can you do it in your own life, but how can you do it in the lives of the people around us? Because that's what we are called to do. We are called to love. We are called to embrace. And come and talk to me after the summer holiday. Because I think... There's a journey that we all need to go on. There's a journey that we need to go on as individuals. But there's definitely a journey that we need to go on as a community also. Amen. Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week. See you next time.